Welcome to Maximize Your Social, actionable advice on how your business can maximize your social media presence. Now, the host of Maximize Your Social, social media author, speaker, consultant, founder of Maximize Social Business, the Social Media Center of Excellence, and the Social Tools Summit, Neil Schaefer. everybody. This is Neil Schaefer, and welcome to another episode of Maximize Your Social. Those of you that have been listening through all of my podcasts know that I prefer to talk about those subjects, those experiences dear to my heart that I'm passionate about that I experience when I speak, when I get questions from clients or what have you. But some of the time, especially when I'm on the road, I like to mix it up with interviews of the social leaders that I meet. Well, today I'm coming to you from my home office here in Orange County, California, in Irvine, where, yes, the weather is uh, cooled down into the 80s. I'm in shorts and T-shirt. But uh, today uh, I'm talking to someone that's from the other side of the United States where it's really, really cold, who I'm really excited to meet for the first time at the upcoming Social Tools Summit in Boston on April 12th, Jay Shemensky from Harvard Med School. Jay, welcome to Maximize Your Social. Hey, Neil. Thanks for having me. Jay, you know, everybody knows about me, no one knows about you. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and your journey in social media? Yeah, so um, my journey actually started uh, about five or six years ago, and it was really through email marketing that I got started in kind of the digital marketing field and moving into social. So I actually, when I was an undergrad, I studied uh, government history, a a typical uh, liberal arts poli-sci type major. And when I left school, I, um, I took a job with AARP, actually. And I was working with um, state legislative issues and national legislative issues, federal legislative issues, and direct lobbying and working with the Massachusetts uh, members of Congress and state legislature. And at that time, we were very much a, um, a direct lobbying organization and, and still are, I would, would assume. But I saw an opportunity to engage with our constituents and start getting um, the people that we're advocating for involved with our work and our lobbying and legislative work. Uh, so we, at the time, were working with an advocacy and email advocacy program called Convio, and that was, like I said, an opportunity that that I noticed that we could start uh, engaging people and kind of with a soft touch um, have them be brought up to speed with what we were working on, um, potentially contact their legislators um, and support the work that we we're doing. And really, the more I got into that, the more it just almost kind of became like an addiction. I, um, I really enjoyed the number side of things, seeing how you could segment groups. Um, you could start to see how people engaged with your messages, uh, what messages they were engaging with, uh, to what extent. Um, what issues they were interested in, and being able to really be hyper-targeted um, with our email program to then drive greater results. And okay. um, I know we haven't gotten to your social part. I just wanted to comment on that. I think it's really interesting. Um, those that come from a digital background, the approach to social, um, you know, as you know from emails, you're never going to get, well, you might if it's very, very targeted and what have you. You might get a 60%, 70% open rate and a, a 20% click rate. But in general, and I, you know, I, I think you'd agree that the numbers are going down, you know, 10 to 20% open rate, 2 to 3% click-through rate. So uh, when people are, are 
angry about, you know, Facebook edge rank changes and, and Twitter algorithm changes and, you know, only one out of every 100 are seeing my posts on Facebook, it reminds me of sort of the norm in email marketing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, and it's the same. I mean, even now looking at social media and looking at how you can start to work with native ads and paid ads um, and targeting to certain audiences, um, it's really the same principles. It's really just, you know, how much you know about um, – particular users and, and how you can engage with them and, and increase that engagement. Um, so, yeah, so that, that's really where I got my start on the digital side. And, um, but I was very focused within email, and, um, and my job was still split between the direct lobbying and, and going up to the state house or going down to Washington, D.C., um, and the email side. And I decided I really wanted to move more on the digital realm. And that meant uh, you know, folding social into it, um, that meant SEO and search engine marketing and so on. So I moved on from AARP and, and took a job with a, a small nonprofit in the Boston area. Um, and that allowed me to bring in much more of the other digital properties. And so I started to get experience with um, Google AdWords, um, so some PPC, um, search engine marketing, like I said, um, SEO, and, and the, social, the social side. And as I became more involved in all of those different pieces uh, and gained those experiences, uh, I really started to gravitate much more towards the social. Uh, I thought that that had it was kind of the the area that had the most potential, and it was also the area that to me seemed like it was growing the fastest uh, and the most kind of out on on the front. Uh, I guess the frontier, you know, the frontier of what, what we were doing. Um, and so I started integrating uh, social much more into what we were doing, um, into our fundraising and, and trying to move people, you know, through kind of a buyer journey for, uh, for growing engagement with our advocacy, but then ultimately pushing that through to a fundraising goal and really built out a social program through the nonprofit. And then after doing that, um, you know, I, I zeroed in on the social element and moved over to Harvard Medical School, where I'm at now, um, really focusing in on the social side and using social to build or enhance, you know, brand reputation and to help foster engagement with the brand and maintain the brand. So that's, you know, kind of the short, the short end of, of how I got to where I'm at. That's awesome, Jay. So uh, I know there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that are also social media practitioners. There are some that are really passionate about social, but perhaps their job is not solely social, and maybe they want to move in the same direction that you've been able to move and, and do more social as part of your work. Do you have any advice for them as to how you were successful in doing that? Yeah, I think it's, you know, everything that you work with, you're going to pick up um, bits and pieces that enhance that singular focus. So, for instance, um, being successful on social or using social, you need to know Google Analytics. You need to know how what you're doing on social is tracking to a business goal or to a bottom line, how you can follow um, the leads that you're creating or the traffic that you're creating or the sentiment that you're creating and really what that means and what you're able to achieve through that. So I think... Um, getting that broad base is, is very important because 
uh, nothing happens in a vacuum. And you're going to need to know how all the different pieces work together in order for you to be able to demonstrate the ROI of social and the impact that social's having and how it influences all the other pieces. I mean, having a strong social program is important for, again, that brand recognition, that top of funnel awareness, top of mind awareness, those types of things. But it's also going to boost your SEO and it's also going to boost your search engine marketing and it's going to contribute in other ways. And being able to have that whole picture and, um, and have experience with all those other things, I think is very important. And, you know, uh, kind of as it, as it did for me, and I think as it will for most people, uh, you gravitate toward what you like working with, and it kind of happens naturally and organically as well. Yeah, yeah. As you say, that is funny, because last night I just launched an Instagram account for Maximize Social Business. Mm-hmm. And with Neil Schaefer, my own Instagram account, my personal one, I'm not really looking for ROI. With Maximize Social Business, I thought, you know, let's see how much web traffic we can generate from Instagram. And then I go into Google Analytics and, and realize that, it's not, you know, Google Analytics is not properly measured that. And there's a way of actually measuring that, which I'm sure, you know, create a special URL and, and a or custom URL and a redirect, and you can figure that out. But uh, right. I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're an expert at doing that. But it's so true. We we do get back to the analytics and especially Google Analytics. So I think that's really awesome advice. So, you know, every company is going to be different in your business objectives. So before we get into, you know, I, I definitely want to talk a little bit about what you plan to talk about at the Social Tool Summit because you're going to be on a specific panel. But before we get to that, I really want to understand, and obviously, you know, we, we don't have an NDA in place, and I don't want you to talk about things that are going to get you in trouble, but can you give the listeners an idea? You talked about the different business objectives that every company is going to have for social media. What is important to Harvard Medical School in terms of, you know, their use of social media? Yeah, our use of, of social is, is kind of an interesting case because it's really focused in on, you know, we're, we're a school and we're not the university, so we're hyper-focused within an industry, for, for lack of a better term. Um, so that, that gives us a little bit of a value proposition. Um, and then we're really working at building our brand within that industry um, so that we are synonymous with, um, you know, pioneering discoveries within the medical field, uh, pioneering medical education, and really creating a community of leadership and the best and brightest within within the field. Um, we're a little bit different from, I think, what uh, universities or colleges as a whole that are trying to drive when you're looking at potentially admissions or creating revenue streams or, uh, let's say, promoting um, sporting events or those types of things. There's there's a few more elements that come into play there, um, but with us, it's really uh, the the brand recognition, reputation, and what we're contributing to the world of medicine and science. Well, so it's almost it's really about thought leadership, and it sounds like the people that you're trying to impress that thought leadership on are other medical experts, other institutions. Is that is that sort of the community that you're targeting? Yeah, so we we're kind of looking at we're looking at two communities. Uh, we're looking at the people that are interested in going into the medical field, uh, and then also the people that are in the medical field. So you know, if you're thinking of that from an age demographic, maybe you know, 15 to 21 year olds, and then you know, 21 to adult professionals. <laughs> um, but those those really are the the two buckets that we're looking at. When you report back to your management then, and I, I love this conversation because I've worked with nonprofits and 
with other organizations where it's not just the bottom line. There's a lot of things they look at to determine success, right? Mm-hmm. It all depends on what your KPIs are. What, what are the things that your management looks at in terms of deciding whether or not your program is successful? Yeah, so that is, um, it's very interesting because, like I said, uh, we're not tied into sales or something along those lines where you have that bottom line and you're saying, all right, we're doing this work and it needs to ultimately, you know, some, somewhere down the road, uh, contribute to sales, uh, cost of acquisition, and, th- and those types of elements. With us, we take more of a competitive analysis look and say, what's our share of voice? Uh, what's our share of engagement? Um, you know, are, are we driving more attention uh, than our competitors within the field? Um, and then even kind of keeping an eye outside just the medical education field and really just science media as a whole? And are we driving a conversation the same way that some publications are, Scientific American, um, Popular Science, Wired, publications like that? Awesome. So a combination of benchmarking your own efforts with direct comparative with other similar institutions with sort of share a voice and a broader comparison with with that uh, industry. Uh, That's all really, really great advice that hopefully you're all taking notes as we listen to this podcast. So, so Jay, when I reached out to you, and I was impressed with your background, your experience, uh, as you know, the Social Tools Summit is divided into seven sessions, and we really try to uh, bring out subject that is top of mind with CMOs, VPs of social, VPs of digital, in terms of their pain points with social media in 2016. One of them, well, we'll get to what it is, but when I asked you, and, and you can imagine, you know, we talk about employee advocacy and influencer marketing and content marketing and, and social ROI as well, but when I asked you, well, I'll let you tell everybody what your response was in terms of the session that you wanted to be on. Yeah, the um, what I'm really keyed into and excited about is, uh, is visual social and how people and organizations can be using images, uh, video to really tell their story in a much more emotional way, um, in a much more connected way. Um, so that is something that I'm really keyed in on probably since, you know, uh, midway through last year and then looking, looking forward, um, into this year and even maybe even 2017, you know, depending on how things develop. But, um, I think one thing that was really, lacking within our field is visually connecting the stories and the change that uh, institutions or organizations are driving through scientific discovery and through medicine. Um, And that was an an area where we could really develop a differentiated story um, about what we're doing here and, you know, potentially connect to audiences in a deeper way and also reach um, some new audiences and outside of the norms of what our competitors were, were reaching. So we really started focusing in on uh, the visual elements of what we're doing and incorporating visuals with everything, all the news that's coming out of the school, um, the types of events that are happening at the school, our leadership, our faculty, our staff, and our community. Um, and then, you know, beyond just visuals, starting to think about how we can incorporate uh, video and live streaming into events, you know, replacing maybe um, Twitter chats with live streaming, replacing um, AMAs and those types of things with live streaming um, to really, again, drive that deeper connection. Wow, that that's great. And, 
you know, when we were talking and, and you, you know, when I sort of said it sounds like you're, you're trying to aim for thought leadership in the industry, I think to a lot of social media marketers immediately sort of like blog posts and long-form content and, and that sort of comes into mind, not the visual. So I'm really curious, and obviously, well, you'll have to go to the Social Tools Summit to hear the whole story, but if you can give us for other organizations, maybe B2B organizations or institutions similar to the Harvard Med School that do not have what I like to call that visual voice, what would be two or three tips that you can provide them on how to develop that and, and develop visual content that helps them meet their objective as well as will be engaging with their audience? Yeah, so, I mean, when, when we started, it was really like stepping back to square one and thinking holistically about what our objectives are or were and what we're really trying to get across. So we had to think about even the simplest things, what is our, what's our visual identity? What's our brand identity? What's our, what's our tone? What are the types of images that we want to show and messages that we want to be showing to our audiences? So I think really the first step is, take, is taking a step back and assessing where you are, the field that you're working within, and where you can create a, uh, a value and, like I said before, a differentiated story from your competitors uh, through, uh, through images. And even, even for us, I mean, off the, off the top of your head, it kind of seems like a nebulous concept. Um, you know, what can a medical school really show? You know, what is there to show and, um, and what story comes out of that? And right. I, you know, in looking at, at what we had available to us and the types of stories and, and news that was coming out of, of the school, I think we were really able to come up with compelling visuals that aren't just compelling because they're, they're nice to look at, but there's also a relatability and a story uh, behind them that either has you know, real-world implications or is something that people can relate to. And that makes us, <laughs> to harp on the same word, relatable, but also uh, much more accessible than I think um, a lot of people off the bat think of Harvard Medical School. That's awesome. I love to, to move forward. You first need to take a step back, don't you? This has been really awesome, Jay. You know, I think we could go on for an hour with this conversation and, and share all your experiences. But as you all know, I, I do like to keep these podcasts short and sweet. If you enjoy this conversation, this, these are the types of conversations that the Social Tools Summit is really all about. So I hope you'll join me in Boston on April 12th. Go to socialtoolsummit.com. Jay, I want to thank you for being my guest. I look forward to meeting you in Boston. How can others find you in social media? Uh, tell us some links of yours. Oh, yeah. So um, on Twitter, my handle is J, the letter J, and then Shemensky, my last name, S-H-E-M-E-N-S-K-I. And uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn, Jay Shemensky, um, jshemensky.com. And I, I think that should cover it. <laughs> That's awesome, Jay. Thank you so much. And you know, I, a lot of you enjoy my podcast where I'm sort of in a foreign country. I've been in, well, let's put it this way. I've been getting my battery ready for these travels that I'll be doing in March, April, May. So stay tuned for podcasts coming from more exciting destinations other than my home office when the time comes. But until then, Jay, thanks again. And wherever you are in the world, make it a great social day. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Maximize Your Social. We appreciate all of your iTunes subscriptions, ratings, and comments. 
Please also make sure to check out Neil's new community, the Social Media Center of Excellence at socialmediacoe.com, as well as Neil's social media conference, the Social Tools Summit, coming to Boston on April 12th.